0: Welcome back to episode three of the Warhammer Lorecast. I am your host, Naked Mango. And with me is my co-host, as always, the almighty crit. That's me.
1: Hi. I am all and mighty and crit and not in this game. I am not all of those things. More of a critical fail for 4K, or 40K, but you know.
0: I don't know, I mean, you haven't even, uh, technically, technically, you're not a loser, which makes you a winner, because you've never played a game.
1: Ha, ah, ah, ha, perfect record, I'm the best. King me.
0: Home <laughs> oh, run. I know we said uh, uh last week we were going to talk about orcs, but then me and Crit were talking, and we decided we don't really care what you guys want. That's not even <laughs> remotely true. What we're going to do to kind of clear up some of the stuff we talked about in the first two episodes. I'm going to start going over the base of 30K lore to explain a bunch of the stuff that happened to create 40K lore. I wanna-
1: so uh, I'm going to I'm going to cut you there and I'm going to explain exactly why we decided to do this. <laughs> we do care about you. And that is why we're doing this, because... For all of you longtime 40k fans, you pretty much already know what's going on and why there's such a division in the ranks of the legions. However, for newcomers like Mawa and everyone else who joins in and just wants to learn about 40k, 30k, just the Warhammer universe in general, we got to start from the basics, which is the emperor and of course, all the events that led up to the division of the legion. So there you go. Now, that's Mango's nice way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my nice way.
1: (laughs) I'm an interpreter now. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, go ahead, Mango.
0: (laughs) I wanted to point out that a lot of the 30K lore has been written kind of backwards. (laughs) It started with... 30K was explained in very broad strokes. It started with, like, Road trader like, books and series and stuff like that and then with the very the earliest 40k books and then from there they kind of started writing books to explain more of the deeper lore and the horace heresy series came out explained a lot of the 30k lore so a lot of this is going to come out like it wasn't thought about too much It's because it wasn't <laughs> 30K was never, as far as I can tell, 30K was never meant to be a whole big thing. It was just supposed to be kind of like a precursor. It's a note you find on the ground when you re- when you're playing Resident Evil, and then it just blew up and turned into its whole own world. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's g- genuinely pretty much what happened, and not, and on top of that. GW retconning everything so uh, every time a gamer scratches his nutside.
1: They were like, "Oh shit, people want to know more." Uh, we got, we don't have anything else.
0: I'm going to bring that up every episode because I fucking hate how often they retcon shit. <laughs> and then, of course, I wanted to talk about <laughs> this is going to be the uh, world of 40, uh, 30k. Once we, there's a lot of 30k is mostly about the Space Marines. Xenos were kind of heard, but not seen very much in 30K. There were some major battles, but it's not nearly as bad as it was in 30K. The emperor was not worshipped. He was not known as a god emperor. He was just the emperor of mankind. There was no inquisition because chaos wasn't around a lot. There really were no chaos, not in the way we know in 40K. Tyranids didn't exist. They hadn't arrived yet. Tau had not been born yet. Necrons had not awoken yet. It was just the humans, Eldar and the orcs. So a lot of the deeper, darker and well, a lot of the deeper information I'm going to get to when we talk about the individual factions and how they affected the universe. But before we get even to the 30K lore, we have to, of course, talk about the emperor. He is, you know, just slightly important and also technically immortal so he's been around <laughs> he's been around for a hot minute
1: oh, i can't wait to talk about the immortality part because um, i have opinions
0: so his rise to power and his birth and things like that um there are different versions and that's because gw released a canon version And then later on decided they wanted him to be more of a mystery, like the all-powerful emperor mysterious type deal. So it was, they retconned it to be more of like in-game lore, like a tale that the soldiers tell and stuff like that. So I'm actually going to have Aaron read a portion of a book that explains that.
1: Oh, I get to read? You get to try. Uh So... The Emperor was born while the rhythm of the warp still flowed strongly through all natural things. The old shamans were guided by the warp, in their turn guided their people. But even then, the growing power of humanity was beginning to make itself felt, and the shamans feared that their knowledge and the whole way of life would eventually pass away. The energies they depend upon were becoming increasingly difficult to tap. Worst of all, they were losing the ability to reincarnate for as long as anyone could remember when a shaman died, his soul had flown into the warp and bathed in its energies, awaiting renewal in another body. Now the souls were being best chased and consumed by the malignant chaos powers, terrified for the future of their race. All the shamans of earth gathered in one place and began the longest and most important debate in the history of humanity lasting centuries and (laughs) leading to the birth of a new man. After hundreds of years of debate and research, the shamans came to the conclusion that they were doomed and that without them, the whole race would soon fall prey to the psychic entities it had created in the warp. At the same time, the disruption of the natural rhythm of the warp would result in the inevitable decline of the whole planet. They divined a future where all of creation would be consumed by mankind's greed and ambition. Although their own power was still strong, the shamans realized that they could survive for only one or two further incarnations. They were not men to accept death easily. Many of them could remember the dawn of their race when on other bodies they had walked under African skies Having survived so long for millennia of years, it was not their way to die without hope or purpose. They were therefore decided to pool their own energies by reincarnating in a single body. In their thousands, they swallowed poison, and in their thousands, they died, and their kind was gone from the earth. Within a year, the man later to be known as the Emperor was born. As he grew older, his powers began to manifest themselves and he gradually remembered the thousands of lives that lay behind him. He was the new man, but he was also the past. His powerful mind could still sift through the natural energies of the warp, enter the lives of plants and animals, promote harmony and ease the suffering of others. And he remembered how he was made to live forever so that he would never have to reincarnate but would survive unchanged for eternity at last he remembered everything that had led up to his birth and he left his own people to begin his endless journey around the world and through human history
0: that's some deep shit (laughs) yeah and it's crazy how it doesn't matter anymore (laughs) Like I said, it's just considered to be kind of legend, essentially. Since th- that was come out, a new story was described in The Master of Mankind by Aaron Dimsky Odin that describes the Emperor as a human child that had awakened his powers when he finds that his uncle has murdered his father, which could have been, quote unquote, the first murder committed by a human in cold blood the emperor shows this memory to a vision to Ra, one of his custodes once he had created the custodes but then the exact same story could be considered a metaphor since the emperor at no point outright responds to the question did this actually happen so it's and the the author of that book did an interview and one of his quotes was i did not want to say anything finite about the emperor He's supposed to be this big mystery and this also he also read, wrote it in such a way that it doesn't negate the shaman's origin story the master of mankind version just says that the emperor was a child and at some stage his father whether it was real or adopted what murdered and the boy who will be king was able to stop the heart of the murderer with his psychic abilities both of those origins date his birth to be around 8,000 bce and place it in what is called Anatolia, which would be modern-day Turkey.
1: I like the first story better.
0: (laughs) It's definitely
1: cooler. (laughs) I I mean, uh, it also doesn't have... Okay, I'm going to give my opinion here. The first story makes, in my opinion, as a newcomer, the Emperor of Mankind seem more important to mankind. Whereas the second just makes it seem like, oh, okay, so he was the first person to basically witness a murder, and he got superpowers because of it.
0: Okay. It doesn't necessarily say that's because of the murder. <laughs> that's just what triggered his awakening.
1: Okay, that's the same thing. <laughs> it's just fancier words. Like, it, I, I don't know. I, I feel like GW retcon this because some people didn't like it and as a as a fellow content creator or as a team of content creators we have to deal with this a lot and we you have to realize you can't make everyone happy it, it just is what it is you want to make the majority happy you would like to make everyone happy but you can't because when you try to make everyone happy you come up with goofy stuff like that i mean i i I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. It's just it's just upsetting. They had such such a solid foundation. Like all of these great shamans gathered together and were like, let's drink poison and all die at the same time. And we'll just become one being of massive power. The second story. Yeah, dude got murdered in front of a kid and the kid was like, oh no. And he got psychic powers from it okay anyway there there's my long <laughs> rant. I like the original. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I think you just like the word shamans that's that's my
1: I do like sh- shamans
0: <laughs> but what is uh, no matter no matter which story you prefer, no matter how you see his birth, he is always stated to be a perpetual. what a perpetual is is an immortal human someone uh, some can heal from pretty much it any- most perpetual is basically. Should I think it's the best way to explain this? They obviously can't die, but some more than others.
1: So I have a, I have a definition for you here if you'd like.
0: I, I, I copy and pasted part of the definition, <laughs> but the problem, the problem with the definition is it doesn't go into the depth that... Because, like like the definition says, some can heal from oh. any injury, including decapitation, um, delimbing, things like that. But the sum part is very important. Okay. Because all right. Because we actually know, and by we, I mean me, certain perpetuals who straight up have been turned to dust and eventually come back. Whereas. Oh, I can't wait to yeah, get to those. There are also some perpetuals that get their head cut off and that's it. There's perpetuals that, so- there's perpetuals that can heal from anything until they get their head cut off and then they're dead.
1: So, like the Highlander. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it's safe to say at this point that we're going to be talking about some other people that are just as important as the emperor of mankind. Then
0: I cannot, in all good conscience, say just as important. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, the man literally, he he gets called an emperor for a reason. He conquered everything. Some people were just... Very useful in certain times. There's a, one of the perpetuals we'll talk about. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's the one who convinced the Emperor to start calling himself the Emperor. Before that, I think he was just a war boss or a warlord or something like that.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get to those guys when it comes time. Uh,. Let's talk about this emperor more, because uh, I I can't wait to get to the nitty-gritties of him.
0: <laughs> so, roughly twenty-eight thousand years before the actual Horus Heresy, humans left Earth. This is when they this is the start of space travel. Earth was dried up, dusty, crusty. wasn't a whole lot was just simply wasn't an inhabitable to explore the galaxy and settle into new homeworlds. Not a whole lot is known about this. It's, this I believe was called the golden age. Not a lot is known about the golden age because of the dark age of technology. It's called the dark age of technology for kind of a weird reason. Humans were arguably at the height of their technological advance to the point they had developed geth, not literal geth, just... If you've played mass effect that's what happened uh and by by that what i mean is fully autonomous artificial beings that like every bad sci-fi movie has ever talked about get turned into slaves and then revolt rebel yeah this resulted in a huge slaughter it cut off all the worlds from each other this was roughly the time selanesh was born or Slanesh gained power, something along those lines, and that happening caused a ton of warp storms to go all over the galaxy, which pretty much completely cut off space travel. So not only was everybody, everybody pretty much was on their own, and then they got told, you're shit out of luck, we're, we can't even like pretend like we're going to try, you're on your own. <laughs> And this this is the reason why in forty K there are no robots. There are only servitors. Because after all oh. after all this had happened, the Emperor was like, no AI. That we're not going through that shit again.
1: Well, especially since this started in the fifteenth millennia. Yep. And didn't stop until the twenty twenty fifth millennia. So that's ten millennium. Yep longest that's a ridiculously long time
0: just pure war and fear and yeah
1: Th- that's oh my god okay
0: and this caused uh, all of this happening caused what is known as the age of strife uh which they, in, in lore or in what they call it was kind of like old old night because for over five thousand years they, stro- they they struggled from being stranded and completely cut off they they it's considered like a, a dark time i.e old night humans did what humans do and pretty much immediately went to war with each other forming kings and empires of their own some maintained the technology that they had had whenever they had landed some even managed to improve on it most or i should say a lot devolved to like poo covered sticks and rock covered in poo to attack each other Just going fully feral.
1: And it's important to note that right now, during both of these major time points, the emperor is nowhere to be seen.
0: Yes. He had spent the vast majority of all this time kind of working in the shadows, pulling strings. He's trying to bring humanity together, but he has not revealed himself to be this like omnipotent, all powerful, immortal.
1: Mm. So dear lovely listener, We don't have our emperor yet. He doesn't make the rule no AI until forty k, which is much further from right now because we're in thirty k, Hawk. Right, right now. Yes. Okay. So yeah, much further from now. So no emperor right now. This is two millennia where humans are basically kicking their own shit in because of their own mistakes,
0: and there's no emperor. (laughs) I apologize. I should clarify. The emperor made that rule because of the Age of Darkness. But yeah, he did not make it until he rose to power and was the emperor mm. of man. I apologize.
1: So no, no, it's good. I just want to keep everybody on yeah, on track here because I'm the new guy and I'm trying to follow this. So far, that's, so so far, so that's good. Perfectly fine. We leave. I we leave the Milky Way galaxy because we're like uh, we we totally laid waste to this crap. Started the golden age, then it abruptly went into the dark age of technology by making a bunch of crazy AI. You know was it Skynet? Uh, (laughs) We have Skynet now and then we get out of Skynet and now we start our own kingdoms and we're kicking each other's shit in with you know, shit covered sticks and you know, pokey sticks and rocks and some people still have guns and so we're at war with each other now because everybody wants a piece of the pie and nobody wants to share.
0: Uh, Exactly. There is no one leader and as soon as peace is out the door, everybody's like, I'm in charge. Serve me or go fuck yourself yeah, see no. And that, of course, is not including the all of the millions, trillions of people, planets that just fully starve to death because they without supply lines, you're looking at death worlds and things like that where you just get eaten. there's one death world. can't think of what the, I can't remember the name of it. The only reason I remember anything about it is because one of the deadliest things about it, I'm pulling this out fully out of my ass. So, listeners, correct me if I'm making this up. So, positive I'm not. One of the deadliest things on the planet are frogs that their fight-or-flight response causes them to explode. Oh, (laughs) my God. And they have, like, the death world, of course, like, most death worlds have, like, a 20% survival rate or something like that. Like, on this planet, 90% of the deaths were these frogs. (laughs) <laughs> I want to say it's one of the death worlds where one of the more important Imperium-like guard regiments come from, like Kat- not Catachan, but one like one of those. Anyway, none of that matters till later. <laughs> so
1: basically, we're we're in the 25th millennia right now, the Age of Strife, and this carries on for four millennia to the 29th millennia. Yep. So we don't get very much beating each other up, and then of cu- in
0: comparison, of course, Terra, which at this time I'm honestly unsure if I'm honestly unsure when it became known as Terra, because even in their own records, it's called Old Earth for a really long time, and then just at some point they started calling it Terra instead. It also it just like everywhere else immediately went back to war, and in the end, they pretty much went did the same shit the Krogans did again for Mass Effect. They just nuked the shit out of each other and tried to destroy... They basically destroyed the planet. The planet went full Mad Max, but instead of with, like, kind of mutated people or, like, cannibals, some people got, like, genetically modified and, like, there's, like, half-mech warlords called techno-barbarians. Which, technically, the word techno-barbarians doesn't matter that much. It just sounds super fucking cool. (laughs) So all of these
1: these wars f- and during the Age of Strife were basically primarily
0: fought on Terra or Old Earth no I just wanted to add that in about Terra Any, oh, okay. anywhere there were people who survived they fought until they formed their own kingdoms or clans or empires whatever you whatever they had decided to call them everybody had there were wars on every planet except for the ones where everybody died yeah, of course, cuz there's no one there to fight them. I take that back. There were I believe there were a few planets that weren't that did not immediately go to fighting, and that's because the planets were perfectly habitable and they had all of their technology. So, if there was any fighting, it was pretty much who was going to take over, and it was very almost minimalistic. Mm. And we know these places exist. Because later on, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit there. Once the once everybody starts trying to bring everything back together into one big empire, there's a few planets that the emperor finds where they had decided to make AI and they didn't know about his decree, but he at this point, the emperor was a no fucks given kind of guy and he just killed everybody (laughs) there. There was to be no if there no if, answer buts, no AI knowing how to make AI was dangerous essentially
1: well I will I will argue this much later on (laughs) when we start talking about the emperor himself I can kind of understand where the guy's coming from especially knowing what he's capable of doing one of his abilities I could probably see some justification on his actions there Uh, but we'll get to that when we talk about the emperor because I have a list of powers (laughs) for the emperor (laughs) So we are at the age of strife. We're doing this. We're fighting each other. This last four millennia. Is there anything of anything more important during this age of strife that we need to know about? Not
0: during the age of strife. For, like you said, the next couple millennia, it was just war, death, and occasionally a monologue from Ron Perlman. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for anybody who plays Fallout.
1: (laughs) So yeah. Got a lot of crap going on. We fight each other. Tell me there's some hope in the future after this fourth millennia are these four millennia that we fight. Tell me there's some hope that we finally get our heads out of our
0: asses. No. No! That's the end. Everybody was hoping that uh when 10th ed released everybody would finally have their heads out of their asses, but so far that's only been out for a few months, but everybody's still dipshits. <laughs>
1: that being said, some stuff did happen. <laughs> okay, good. So we we got kind of kind of pulled back a little bit. All right, let's hear about that. After hundreds
0: of years of preparation, after all of this was going down, Big E finally officially reveals himself. He does this in the typical forty k fashion. He shows up with a huge fucking army. <laughs> <laughs> what, what which would later be the beginnings of the astro Militarum. this army included part of part of why he was hidden away he was doing genetic research to figure out how to make like super soldiers mm. basically um so part of this new army included what were called the thunder warriors these were genetically modified humans that were essentially the prototypes to the space Marines Oh, okay. They were, and the Emperor has said this, they were faster, stronger, just all around physically better than Space Marines. They had a But they had a significantly shorter lifespan and they didn't have, like, I want to say the mental faculties of the Space Marines. The Space Marines could, they can live in a civilized environment, at least most mm-hmm. of them technically. The Thunder Warriors were just like, You drop them in and they'll fucking slaughter everybody. But you put they couldn't they couldn't give a speech, you know. They're uh, dumb grunts. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He also better known as Meat Shields. During this phase of the war, the Emperor officially founded the Imperial Army Mm. and several other factions that would continue to serve throughout the entirety of the Great Crusade. He also I'm kind of skipping through this a little bit because not a ton truly happens. It's mostly just small to large battles with people who don't really matter. It's, he's conquering Mm. Earth. It's a bunch of humans that very quickly learn they're not the top dog. (laughs) (laughs) Big E is. So he, he essentially uses the unification wars to continue his research and test out his thunder warriors. So, and to the point he, in quote, like, quote unquote, perfected his space marines towards the end of the wars. And he definitely, definitely did not, once he had the space and marines created, fully just murder the Thunder Warriors. They all grew up and grew old to be happy. Oh, how nice of him. Once he conquered Earth, Papa Imps created a unified planetary government the same one as in futurama he even found the head of nixon i'm kidding but wouldn't that be funny <laughs> he then went to mars to speak with the cult mechanicus the cult mechanicus was the basis of the admech the adeptus mechanicus the cult mechanicus mm-hmm. still exists today they are the if the Admech is just the people the cult mechanicus is their church it's their monks their religious people. Okay. To slim all of that down, because that not a whole lot happened, but it was incredibly important. Uh, the Treaty of Mars was basically uh, Big Daddy agreeing to let Mars, the, Adept, the Adeptus Mechanicus, do whatever they want on Mars and other Forge worlds, as long as he got to use all of their goodies for crusading. So basically... A big part of the great crusade once it got started uh was which the great crusade was essentially to conquer the galaxy he was planning it even before the primarchs disappeared the primarchs disappeared right right at the end of the unication wars right at the beginning of the crusade like in that weird sphere of time It was pretty much to, like I said, conquer the galaxy and spread what he called the Imperial Truth. The Imperial Truth was created by the Emperor even before he left Earth. It was an ideology. I'm just going to read the definition. It was an ideology defined by the core values of reason, respect for the methodology of science, and secular progress. It was intended to replace the older traditions of religion, superstition, and faith that had long defined many of the worlds of mankind that had fallen into darkness during the Age of Strife. After the first interstellar civilization. Basically, the imperial truth is there is no religion, there are no gods, superstition is stupid. He didn't even like people, like, uh, to the point where, uh, and this, you, this could be argued against, but, like, he did like people having a lucky rock. He was very much science of science, facts are facts. And I believe a part of this, eventually, the Imperial Truth be- also became all of that about science matters. And then also, Xenos suck. Humans are the best. He, he, he tilted a little bit towards the Nazi side. But I believe that happened a little bit later in the Great Crusade. In the Great Crusade, and uh, the reason I bring all of that up is because the Cult Mechanicus are the only group of people, the only not the only group of people, because even if, if even if the Emperor were to meet Zenos and be like, "You're not so bad. You can join us," but you got to throw away your gods. The Cult Mechanicus is the only group of people that are allowed to believe in a god, and that is realistically just no lies because even the emperor could not just wade onto mars and tell them no they had so much fucking firepower <laughs> <laughs> all all of the spaceships all of the titans all of the like weapon the weapons most of the vehicles the admec had all the firepower so even biggie was like <clears throat> Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, you guys can have this
0: one, but that's it. No more. No more. more. And uh, it it arguably worked in his favor, depending on how you look at it. The cult mechanicus worship the machine god, believing knowledge to be the manis- manifestation of divinity in the universe, and hold and holds that anything embodying or containing knowledge is sacred because of it. It's the the definition of knowledge is power. They also, a huge... Again, I believe this happens slightly later in the actual Great Crusade. They also believe that Imps is the physical manifestation of the machine god known as the Omnissiah.
1: Okay. So we actually have some physical manifestations of gods other
0: than, quote-unquote, the emperor. I feel like you misunderstood. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they think the emperor is the physical manifestation of their god. Oh, okay. They, so they, th- they okay, they All call right. him the Omnissiah, thinking that he is the machine god made flesh.
1: Okay, so that's crazy. So he comes down, does this whole treaty with them, and then they're like... Oh you you've got to be our God. like there's no other th- so he doesn't even have to fight so this is why he's okay with them worshiping the machine God because they think he's the machine God.
0: I want to argue no because again the emperor believes there are no gods. He doesn't want he, he doesn't well, yeah. want worship the reason he he's he was never okay with it. He tolerates it because in order to tell them no, he'd have to lose pretty much his entire army, which of course would set everything back. This is kind of like this is kind yeah. of like a lesser of two evil situation. Well, it starts that way. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, it is generally agreed that the Treaty of Mars was the official start of the Imperium of Man as we know it now.
1: And this is during the Unification this Wars. This was the
0: very end. Of the unification. So okay. basically the, the, the emperor conquered Earth, which would be that that was what the unification wars were. He unified Earth and then immediately went to Mars to be like, I need your stuff. We're going to go conquer the galaxy.
1: So basically the 712th millennium,
0: this is the last thing that he does. More or less, yeah there's of course there's of course okay. he forms the castle of war gets ready for the great crusade and, and starts. yeah uh, he had already been planning all of this for a very long time
1: oh, hence why he hadn't gotten involved for a good chunk of he, the he audience. spent a very
0: long time just wandering kind of whispering in the ears of kings that type of stuff but for the most part he wanted to he wanted to learn he wanted to be among the people see what humanity was all about, see what needed to be done, what didn't need to be done, which is how he came to the conclusion that religion is stupid.
1: Okay. like <laughs> This is, uh, I'm getting a mad respect for the <laughs> emperor, honestly. <laughs> mad respect for him. Uh, I, okay. So, uh, so yeah, so we're at the end of the unification wars. Is there anything of any other crucial importance here?
0: Uh, No. Realistically, the last thing that were to matter for the Unification Wars is, like I said, forming the Council of War. He puts several of his most trusted advisors from Earth. The leader of the Martians, or the Admech, I should say, got a place at the Council. And the latter half of this part of the Millennium was planning and preparing for the great crusade and once they once a little bit of time of prep they're building ships training soldiers etc and so begins the great crusade
1: okay and uh, that I think that sounds like a great place for us to go to a mid break don't you think
0: I don't know what that is Welcome back To our favorite part of the show the, Is it though? I mean, we don't actually have to know anything We just share links and talk about <laughs> cool things we found on the internet it's, You're <laughs> right <laughs> And we get to talk about our patrons, right? We can talk about our patrons, right Crit? Right? Uh, see
1: what ha- happened was Okay, so <laughs> everybody at home is ready to strangle me, I know <laughs> The Patreon takes a lot longer because the shirts, I have to design them. And right now, the problem I'm running into is all the designs that we keep coming up with behind the scenes. And we're like, oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, that'd be so great. Uh, Yeah, they're already done. So that's copyright infringement. So I am currently working on some others, but they should be done within the week. I've already got two out of the four designs we need for our merch items that you'll be getting at certain levels on Patreon. So two of them are done. Uh, little hint, we have, of course, we have Mango's favorites, the Space Wolfies, as a design. Ooh, Woo <clears throat> And, of course, we have my favorites, currently running champions, mind you, for my favorites, uh, the Blood Angels. And we have a special design for those that'll be in a shirt. The things I'm working on right now are, I toss around the idea of a poster, Of the map of the warp Which Doesn't seem possible And I also tossed around the idea of A coffee mug Of some things But I think we may stick to shirts the first time around But don't worry I only have two more designs to make I usually make those in about a
0: week So we'll be up and running So there's your Patreon news (laughs) If any of you have any merch ideas that you think Like if, if you want something specific Let us know and if we can make it work, yes. Hell yeah.
1: Yes. Because it would make my <laughs> job so much easier to know what everyone wants. So if that is something you are interested in letting us know, hit us up on our Twitter, which Mango has graciously created. Woo.
0: Warhammer Lord.
1: Yeah, or Warhammer you Lord can guess. Well, it's super fine. Easy oh, yeah. to find. Warhammer Lord cast. Uh, or you can hit us up on the Discord and just go into the Warhammer Lorecast on the Robots Radio Discord and just go in there and be like, hey, I would love this as a merch idea. I think this is a good merch idea. What do you guys think? If it's something we can do, it's something that seems feasible to us, and it's something we think would actually be a good idea, then yeah, heck yeah, we'll totally drop it. But yeah, so pitch us your ideas because I'm sitting here scratching my head for mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ultimate, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's for you guys, too. Also, me. Yeah. Also, me. Fuck you guys. But it's for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, we want to know your opinion. Oh, my God. You just want the UU shirt. I would literally wear nothing but it. I would go full Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, no. Uh, but
1: at any rate, that's our Patreon news. Uh we have our Twitter. We dropped that news for you. Uh yeah, at uh, it's uh Warhammer Lorecast on Twitter or now X, formerly known yeah, as Twitter X.
0: Get with whatever. The, get with the times, <laughs> old man.
1: But uh yeah, so uh, is it is it my turn to drop some uh, lovely merch?
0: Can't think of anything funny to say. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, hey. Hi. I
1: heard there was a heresy. So I got here as fast as I could. Do you ever want a shirt that said that? You ever just felt like that? Like you walk into Rome room and you're like, I, I feel like there's heresy afoot. foot. <laughs> well, you're in luck, Mango, because I have the shirt for you. Uh, so, if you go to Tea Public right now for twenty-two whopping dollars, even number, even. Come on, you can get from the store exceptional. You can get a shirt that says just that. I heard there was heresy, and I got here as fast as I could. It's got a lovely little design with a skull. Uh, it's you can get it in multitude of different colors. Uh, it's there's even a tie dye color in here for those of you who. Are absolutely just huge tie-dye fans you can get it in tie-dye and actually it's pretty funny in tie-dye uh, <laughs> but yes it comes in all kinds of different sizes ranging from small all the way to 5xl which is actually pretty surprising because most clothes don't run that high from online shopping so yeah that is on t public and we'll have the link in the show notes for you so you can just kick indoors and go i heard that was heresy I got here as fast as I could
0: I want to buy five smalls <laughs> and wear one on each arm one on each leg and then one as much around my torso as possible probably, you're probably going to see herd and heresy on like each nipple and then just to, the rest is just going to be ripped up but that's fine <laughs> so anyway what I brought I actually met a cool dude on Facebook marketplace I was buying a shitload of books that he's selling and I wanted to give him a quick shout out because he's actually getting rid of a ton of his older stuff. And I know we have some people that like 40K era things. The link will be in the show notes, but his name is Eddie Arnold. Uh, like I said, I bought some stuff from him. He was a really chill dude. Hopefully he'll be listening to this episode soon. Uh, 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 uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he's got a ton of stuff for sale uh, right now. The, the stuff I was looking at was a, a lot of it. He was selling a two grand worth of books. I bought quite a few and I know he's selling, I believe an army or two, but I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. I also wanted to talk about something I found that war that the black library is doing the black library for any of you who do not know is, uh, the black library in lore in world is where a ton of knowledge is that's being hidden from the chaos gods and it is ruled over by the Laughing God. It's a whole, it's an Eldar thing. What it is in the real world is just what Warhead, what GW calls the logo that all of their books, the umbrella that all of their books are under is the Black Library. They're doing something right now. It's a poll for the next week, starting the 31st of August it is They are talking about reprinting some of their books. Looks like Lord of the Night, Faith and Fire, Gunheads, Scourge the Heretic, and Crossfire. They want to do uh, reprints. And you can take a survey and talk about which one you want to. And I believe... oh, I'm sorry, there's two different surveys. There's one for 40k, and there's one that is The World That Was. And for that, for the world that it was, it's Riders of the Dead, Heldenhammer, The Great Betrayal, Blood of Anarion, and the Curse of Cain. Take a survey, basically choose which one z you want to be reprinted, and that's what they'll work on next.
1: Oh, see I like that that they're actually going and asking fans what they
0: want. Oh yeah, they do random stuff all the time. I told you about the Leviathan box, didn't I? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, you did tell me about Where that one. The the community chose who won the war. And of course, everybody chose the Tyranids. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hate when the bad guy wins. <laughs> and I I, I also want to read I also wanted to go ahead and reiterate on you can either reach out to Twitter or we have in our Patreon channel, we have Oops I Fooked Up. If I ever say some stupid shit that you know to be wrong, come up, correct me. Uh, And if I like it, I'll bring it on the show so everybody knows Oops I Fooked Up.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, with all that being said, do you know who we have to talk about now?
0: My gut? Says Shania Twain How did you know I'm just happy But enough about Shania Twain I'm just happy I did that with a straight (laughs) face I feel like that sold the joke a lot better
1: We gotta talk about T-Swift my guy Uh
0: (laughs) She's trending Uh anyway (laughs) No we have to talk about our lovely sponsors Are we gonna talk about our sponsors Jesus shut the fuck up about all these musicians (laughs)
1: So, uh, after you're done listening to us rant about, uh, your favorite musician, go ahead and roll on over to fanrolldice.com and while you're there, check out some of the lovely stuff they got going on. They have dice, dice trays, towers, dice bags, dice accessories, all kinds of lovely, lovely items that you would want to play Warhammer, uh, cause you need it. You need lots of dice. <laughs> So, if you go over there, use our promo code ALMIGHTYC10, that is all mighty, the letter C, 10, you can save yourself 10% off. The lovely part is, they also allow you to use other promo codes in conjunction with our promo code. So, when you go to the front, yes, yes. So, when you go to the front page, they also have a promo code, I believe, for 10% off right now, and they always usually have one running. You can get 20% off your total purchase. And the dice they have—they have resin. They've got—they've got the the rubber. They've got the metallic. They've got the—they the, the, got all kinds. Just all kinds. You want wooden ones? We got you. That's,
0: they got all kinds of dice. That's insane. I. It's I insane. need to go to the store. I never leave house without a rubber. <laughs> ah.
1: No sludge. <slim> <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you love dice, you want to check them out, they've got all kinds of cool ones you could rock at your table. They even got blood covered ones. So that would be awesome for like an orc army or just really any any freaking army at all, period in this game. Uh, but yeah, so head on over to Fanroll Dice. Don't forget to use the promo code almightyc10. And when you're done there, if you love to game and you're an adamant Nintendo Switch player. Head on over to NixieGaming.com and use the promo code Lore, and save yourself 10% off there. Because right now they have all kinds of kick-ass glow controllers. They got all kinds of kick-ass Nintendo Switch accessories like bags, carriers, even charging platforms. And currently their new and popular item is the Nintendo Switch GameCube wireless controller. That son of a bitch is awesome. I've got one. It's fucking amazing. It is OG GameCube controller. Stick drift, not a thing with this controller. You can literally twist the knob, pull the stick out, and replace the son of a bitch. You ain't got to worry about any of that stuff. Pop it. it. Twist it. Pop it. <laughs> so yes, head on over to nixygaming.com and use the promo code LOZ lore and save yourself ten percent off. And there. There are our sponsors for now. For now, bum, bum, and guys, um, also I want to throw
0: this out there: don't be shy, don't be scared. This is fumbling for. We have four hundred podcasts. If <laughs> if you showed up just because you like Warhammer, I promise we have something else for you. Check us out. Mm-hmm. We all like to talk. Some of the times you can even see my pretty face, and Aaron, and there's oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> other face. You get uh,
1: uh Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And the link to all of those is not in the show notes for those. No, just type in fumbling four and you'll find all our lovely podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. We are
0: literally everywhere.
1: <laughs> We're watching you right now. Uh, it's getting creepy now. Now we got to end. We got to end the mid break. We got to end it there. It's getting okay. creepy. Um,
0: if you hear me talking from your closet, no, you didn't. I'm just looking for more subscribers.
1: Hey, Mango, we're back from the midbreak, and I'm taking this shit over because I'm excited to talk about the Emperor. Are you ready for this? And call. And call.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I want to. I I want to learn or give opinions mostly
1: give opinions mostly give opinions to tell me how wrong I am okay so this is what I found out in my research about the emperor okay so the emperor goes by many names many of which he doesn't actually like but I'm gonna list them right now and this is the the first batch is the names he's been given by his devout followers so he's been known as the emperor of mankind the god emperor the master of mankind or simply the emperor He will also refer to himself as Revelation, which is
0: so badass. Gross. Wildly different opinions. It's awesome. If a man walked up to me (laughs) holding other people by his mind, full Darth Vader, and said, call me Revelation, I'd say kill me. I can't. That is so... Whoever came up with that was actively in a basement. For like a really long time <laughs> That's a strong opinion I know And I apologize to uh, anybody who uh, thinks it's cool
1: uh, uh, Oh there's more <laughs> Because known by His chaos enemies He's called the false emperor Or the, the corpse, corpse emperor So I think the corpse emperor Is way more badass yeah. than Revelations To be honest Yeah <laughs> And uh, he's earned that title through his many deeds. Oh, yeah. Chaos can't. God, they hate him so much. Uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, what we do know about the emperor is he was born before the chaos gods. Actually, we, we don't know if they were, but he was born before the chaos gods or before their inception into reality. I guess you could say. We don't know any much about that. We just know he was here before they were a lot before they were during his kind of exploration of the world. As we know it, he started to realize that mankind's actions were creating or inviting the chaos gods into this world from the warp. Is that false? Am I wrong?
0: Mm. <laughs> I wasn't listening because I realized something. uh Oh, what'd you realize? Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to. Th- I, I need to at some point throw in the fact that uh, Age of Sigmar is not Candy. anymore it, into the 40k universe. So I need mm. to bring that up. And I was waiting on a chance to jump in. Who was not listening to you say a fucking word.
1: <laughs> hey, that's okay. So everybody at home listening, now you know, the Age of Sigmar is no longer canon to the 40k universe. Basically, what it happened
0: whenever it, it was considered canon to the 40k universe until the age, the the events of Age of Sigmar. Ah, uh, that that's when GW kind of decided to take them it in, in its own separate direction.
1: I see. I'm starting to agree with you. I'm hating this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, at any rate, during his travels, he learned a lot about mankind. He also learned that these motherfuckers like to sin a lot, and because of this, they are inviting these chaos gods okay, to win. All right. Okay. All right. War. Uh, for the first one, the first big baddie that showed up uh, was corn okay every freaking conflict raging across the globe
0: herald the waking and the birth of corn Look, i've seen early 80s cinema okay as <laughs> long as you're not near a field corn can't get you and neither can his uh, children okay uh, okay <laughs> unless you mean corn with a k you think corn with a k is oh, okay. this in that case i blame the American education system. Is that something you <laughs>
1: corn? So the next guide, uh, I can't pronounce. I still, after an entire episode talking about them, I still can't pronounce. It's the Zinch. Zinch. Z, it's the one with the T. Zinch. 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 Oh, I got it. Nailed it. Uh, Zinch was the next one. And this was due to the nations and politics growing to maturity with double dealings and the implicit intrigues that are going around. So all the double dirty backstabbing bullshit that politics, they thanks a lot. Got another chaos god because of you. Nurgle was the third to wake and it was sweeping across this, this plagues were just sweeping across old earth's continents and by the end of the middle age these three chaos gods were fully going at it. They were fully awake. They were ready to go. And this brings us to the fourth one, which our emperor actively attempted to stop. Which was Slaanesh. He actively tried to stop by doing some shit, which I'm sure we'll talk about eventually. But just know, a lot of people died in his attempt to stop Slaanesh's waking.
0: Okay. A lot of people and, died in Slanish was waking.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it died because of it, and then uh, afterwards. <laughs> but, yeah, he. this is where he actively got involved. He's like, all right, no more of this shit. We, we got to stop this. It didn't work. I sh- it came close from what I saw. It came close to stopping it, but he was just yeah, just too late. And it was a lot of it was because of the... Um, the Eldari. Yeah. So they, they they just, I mean, we already talked about Slanesh You'd be fucking. You'd be getting Slanesh yeah. That's basically what the Eldari were doing. Someday we're gonna have a trigger warning episode,
0: and we're gonna get into it.
1: Yeah, that's why I said we're gonna talk about the whole ordeal eventually. But just know, our Emperor boy, he tried. Revelations tried. Okay. <laughs> so. After all of this stuff, the mo- one of the most important things to note with him in this, I believe, is going a little bit into Horus Heresy, so we won't talk too much on it. Am I wrong? Uh, it's going to be about the Golden yeah, Throne. a lot of it
0: has, because uh, a lot of that happened during the Crusade slash heresy. So, mm-hmm. so, okay, I'm going to lightly go over this because I'm sure we're going to dive deep well, into we're gonna it. We're going to talk so much about the, the Crusade. So yeah. <laughs> <things happen. laughs>
1: So essentially he erected the golden throne on Terra. This was his seat of power. This was his place of, this is me. This is, this is my emperor, our empire. And then it actually, the golden throne became way more important than that because currently, as we know in the 40 K universe, the emperor he is no longer a body. He is basically part of the the
0: weave. Now technically, he is still a body.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's still a body, but it's decaying slowly and turning it's to dust. Pretty much
0: just a skeleton <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, but we'll definitely we'll we'll get into that uh so- with the heresy.
1: Yeah. So the only thing I wanted to talk about right here, the reason I bring all this up is because we are going to go into this more and we'll talk about the emperor a little bit more when we get to that, I'm sure. But I thought it was cool in my research that I found that the emperor, the way he communicates with his people now versus the way he did then, is through the emperor's tarot. Yep. And this can only be done by inquisitor covenant no no okay so that was that part of my research is wrong because i found a lot it's, of the inquisitor covenant were the ones communicating through yes, tarot
0: your your research was not wrong what is wrong is the Inquis- inquisition saying that there's been pl- there's oh. been plenty of- so the 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 emperor's tarot is just tarot cards made out of a specific material that is very sensitive to psyker energy so uh, okay. anyone who has that deck of cards, which you can buy at a fucking speedway in theory, in <laughs> theory, can do it. It's just a matter of does the emperor care enough to send out his psychic energy to that tarot card? Yeah, I, I just so, want to say really quick. Yeah, the a huge reason why I haven't finished Gilliman's Gillyman's 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 Papa Smurf his book series is because it goes really into it really in depth about the tarot cards and about how tarot operates and stuff like that. And I cannot tell you how cool of a concept it is for tarot cards to work like that and how fucking boring of an execution it was. My God, was it a slug read the books? They're really good. Holy shit. I could care less about these tarot cards in the the book
1: series. I was going to tell you exactly how they work actually. So I was going to break it down. Uh, very All simple. Right. No, you're fine. So basically you have a 78 cards. The tarot will not be exactly the same in the Calixis sector as it is in the sector solar. Yep. So there's different variations <laughs> such as the Walari deck, the bone cards of the three priests of uh, Exorandus and the solar deck. the decks are different essentially but they all pretty much do the same thing they all consist of 78 cards so the way it works is the cards have to be laid down upside down then turned one at a time and as they are turned they are read and interpreted by the reader the second and fourth cards drawn are the signifiers bringing clarity to the ones preceding them so that is the basic breakdown of how these work. Not too unsimilar to actual tarot card readings, from what I've been explained by our local tarot card expert on the podcast, uh, Michelle. So <laughs>
0: it's supposed to, she it's does supposed to work exactly the same way. It's just yeah. It, instead of it being like a the universe is speaking through me type deal, it's it's direct. intervention. It's it's your quote unquote deity is directly being like. This is the card that's happening. This is the card that's happening. This is the card that's happening. Read and decipher my message.
1: Mm-hmm. So it does go on further to say in my research that some of the images can be varied. The cards can be physically changed in appearance through the emperor's will. You know, one of them may have an appearing object one of them may have an object that was in a person's hand that's vanished. Another one may have super changes like now it may, you know, the, the hangman for lack of better, you know, whatever's on these cards, the hangman may have a devil's face or there may be shadows where there weren't any before. Like there's different variations to the card pending the emperor's will. So this this is much more in depth than a you know actual real tarot card reading that you would get here where the tarot cards are always going to be the same it's just you know depends on what you get these the cards will physically change appearance if the emperor so much wills it so i thought that was pretty cool but that actually leads me into the last thing i want to talk about the emperor before we go because we're going to be talking about the emperor a lot I want to give him some stats. It's weirdly
0: important to 40K.
1: Weird. Yeah. I know. It's weird. Uh, I want to give you guys some stats at home to know why he's so important and how potent this man actually is. So he is, as far as the universe knows it, the most powerful psyker. Yeah. He... He is the, the, the big papa of psychers. Like nobody in the entire universe, as far as any sentient life knows it,
0: overpowers Individually. him. Individually. Individually, yeah. There the are- argument could be made that if a orc wah is big enough, maybe the 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 issue there is that nobody he's never had to go against a huge wah or anything like that. It, it, the, uh, it's a safer way to say it would be we have yet to see his limits
1: mm-hmm yeah so other than that you touched on at the beginning of this episode he's basically an immortal the man can be stabbed the man can be shot the man can be cut up he, he, he He can be diced and sliced and burned to a
0: crisp and still keep kicking. I will, uh, a a caveat to that. Sorry to interrupt. Um, No, you're good. One of the, I honestly don't remember if this is a fan theory or if it's just, again, a legend, is that most, the most common way for a perpetual to regain life is essentially death and rebirth. Um... And that's what makes them perpetuals is they have all their memories. They just sometimes they will have to essentially come back to life again. Mm -hmm. The theory is that the emperor, granted, this is from back when the shaman part was fully canonical. He traded that death and rebirth for eternal life. So part of the reason why everyone's so scared for him to die is because nobody knows if he's actually going to come back.
1: Ah, uh, so okay so that makes more sense on why they're forcing him to stay alive right it's now one,
0: it's one of the reasons uh
1: another thing is is that in his current state he both controls the warp for his legions to travel through and he communicates through the warp and aids them
0: frequently through the warp. He's basically a big ass lighthouse, and that's how they find their way around. He's like the he's like mm-hmm. in the warp. He's like to Psychers, He's like the um, North Star.
1: Well, and that is another thing that I wanted to bring up talking about the warp. It is been said that he is in a constant battle with the Chaos Gods in the warp right now, preventing their further intrusion upon the Material Plane. We'll, we'll talk.
0: We'll so talk a little bit about that. Though something very important happens towards the end of the heresy, and it caused that. It caused him to have to fight. <laughs> it caused him to have to endlessly keep demons off of Earth. That poor guy. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I mean, thank the emperor. He's so ridiculously strong. <laughs> the
1: last thing I wanted to talk about with him is the fact that we hinted at it before. We've briefly talked about it in previous episode. His, for lack of better words, kids. So his genetic creations- We baby chicklets. Which were, we baby chicklets, are the different, that we're, we, we talked about were supposed to be the rulers of each individual legion, essentially, each faction. They were broken apart and it was rumored that this was his intent from the get-go because he wanted each of them to experience the horrors and the triumphs of mankind as individuals so they could better lead their indistinguishable legions. And this made me, honestly, with all this research, it made me love the Blood Angels even freaking more. So the Blood Angels Primark straight up gets warped through chaos energy. And I won't go anymore because when we get to Blood Angels, I am going in depth with these motherfuckers because I am loving the stuff I'm finding. But yes, it is rumored that it's not confirmed anywhere, but it is rumored through talks that he actually chose to do this and then went out to find them. He purposely lost them so that he could find them, so they could experience the triumphs, the tribulations and the chaos that is mankind, so that they could better understand, protect and stop what mankind is potentially leading themselves to. So that just made me that just blew my mind even more that there is the Horus Heresy that we have to talk about and the shit that I found out about it when I I went down the rabbit hole my guy because this is where shit gets interesting the shit that happens in Horus Heresy really blew my mind and I'm like what the fuck why are these people doing what they're doing there's no reason for it other than exactly what I said they got enveloped into mankind's destructive ways I
0: keep forgetting that I'm not on camera and I keep nodding so hard (laughs)
1: So hard, (laughs) but that is pretty much the important basis of what you need to know about the emperor moving forward. Dude is basically a god, but doesn't want to be called a god. And this is solely because of exactly what Mango kept saying is, is through his travels of the human race, he realized that religion always led to war. He does not want war for mankind. He wants peace for mankind. He wants unity for mankind. He wants to annihilate everything that would threaten mankind's existence. And you're right, I'm understanding now where you say there's really no good guys or bad guys, but I'm starting to see that because the Emperor has the ability to basically foresee the future to an extent the reason he's annihilating certain planets worth of people because they created AIs and the reason he's annihilating certain races of aliens is because I am starting to believe he's seen things in the future that he does not want to come to fruition. So he's trying
0: to stop it now. I am choosing to not voice my opinion (laughs) because of Everything that happens in the crusade And heresy I Okay
1: have, so I guess I'll get yeah, Schooled when I that comes up I have very strong
0: opinions about the emperor I, I don't I do not by any means hate him I actually love him and I wish What GW is Hinting at will happen uh, But yeah I understand where you're coming from It was just yeah, no it's I'm ready to be
1: schooled but yes. Yeah, so that is all I have on the Emperor right now but as we dive deeper into all this stuff there'll be more pieces that I can fill in for you lovely listeners as and when we get to that part but I believe that leaves it to Mango to tell us exactly what we're going to talk about next works
0: I'm kidding. No. <laughs> we're we're gonna get, don't we're, get my hopes We're gonna get up. into the crusade and potentially start talking about the heresy. Um, the only reason I say potentially is because every time I think I can condense something, I'm wrong because forty K is so god dang large. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. Oh my gosh. So
1: don't worry, listener, we'll get to orcs. Someday. Someday <laughs> at the wall on a shelf <laughs> uh, well I guess I'm done that's all the info drop I have for you what?
0: what I know well that's pretty much all the information I had but that can only mean one thing <gasps> we're at, the end, we're the, at the end of the episode episode <laughs> uh, we could just keep rambling until just literally until next week Does anybody Uh, want a a week-long episode?
1: (laughs) I certainly don't. (laughs) Uh, Nope. All right. Well, then I guess I'll give the final (sighs) send-off. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you
0: tune in next week. You better fucking tune in next week. I'm watching you. (laughs) I can hear your clickety-clacks on your keyboard.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener, remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.